Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now filling in for Jeff Wagner, here's Tracy Johnson. And welcome back to the third and final hour of the Jeff Wagner Show. I'm your fill-in host, Tracy Johnson, in for Jeff all this week. Right now, though, I am really excited to welcome our next guest, who I think is going to share a lot of great information about a topic so important to our state, Mr. Jeff Stone. And many of you know Jeff Stone from his time in the legislature. That's actually how I got to meet Jeff is when I worked for an association of plumbing contractors, he was an elected official, a representative, and we worked on a piece of actually drug testing legislation together for uh, union workers. Yeah, we were working to keep uh, workplaces drug free, you know, especially construction sites. Uh, And I guess what it comes down to is really the it's like the weakest link. If you have one person using drugs, everybody else can be drug free. And you can have a terrible problem because of that one person. And we were looking to kind of standardize that testing and make construction sites in Wisconsin uh, that much safer for everyone. Well, and what I loved about working on that legislation with you is that it was bipartisan in nature. I mean, this is all workplace safety was something that we could all get behind. And uh, that was fascinating. But we have been in touch and friends ever since. Right now, you are a director uh, on the board of the association that I work for in commercial real estate, in your current role, you are working as an infrastructure consultant with Kapoor. You see the Kapoor trucks around town everywhere you go, especially on the many construction sites and so on. So tell us a little bit more about that, what you've been doing since being in office. Yeah, so um, after my time in the legislature, I was appointed to a role at the Wisconsin Public Service Commission, where I served as a an division administrator for the water division and in that role and uh, at the PSC I oversaw all the water utilities in the state all the construction that they did uh, after that I served as the executive director of a municipal electric utility association so kind of utility related but a little bit different area and then uh, after that I moved on to join Kapoor and Kapoor is, as you mentioned, we're involved with a lot of construction. We're civil engineers, we're surveyors and scientists. And so uh, almost any major project that you'll see in the region, whether it's the uh, the zoo interchange, the Marquette interchange, uh, the Deer District, uh, we've had roles in, in a lot of those projects. And so it's a really interesting place to work, and it's people that are building uh, our, our community and working with a lot of the real estate developers, folks like that as well. Well, and what's so great about your role is you kind of serve as a bridge between the construction, the developer, and the the legislature and the decision makers, because ultimately this is a group project. This is a group effort. It doesn't, one thing doesn't happen without the other. So you've got a great role and such a great background to be able to do that. Yeah, well, and I think it's a very exciting time to be involved in these things in Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a challenging time working in any level of government. Um, there's a lot of change and I think a lot of uh, angst sometimes around uh, where we're headed uh, as a community and a state. So it, it creates a lot of opportunities, though, for people to get a better understanding of how this developments that we have in our area are going to benefit us now and in the long term. So one of the things that you do is you do a fair amount of work with MMSD, the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District. And last week, from what I'm told, you, you mentioned this to me, EPA director 
was in town to look at the Milwaukee Harbor. It's sometimes an overlooked treasure yeah. in our community. So talk a little bit about that and, and why that's important for all of us to know about. Yeah, it's kind of another role that I have. I'm the uh, uh, representative from the suburban communities of Milwaukee County. I serve as a commissioner on the uh, MMSD board. I'm Currently, I'm the, the vice chair of that commission. And we had the uh, as the deputy director of the EPA for water in town, uh, Deputy Director Fox, and she was there to review uh, an area that we're getting $17 million for more infrastructure to improve the way uh, the water uh, is handled in our community, particularly wastewater. And that $17 million is part of a larger project, which is uh, cleaning up the Milwaukee estuary. It's an area of concern because of contamination over many, many decades. And overall, that project is about $450 million. A lot of groups coming together to clean up the, the harbor and the Milwaukee River, the Menominee River, the KK. And it's, it's kind of a, an interesting time in that way for our area because we used to treat these areas, our harbors and our lakefront, as kind of the back door. It's kind of where you throw everything out. And now it's really becoming... The, the front door to our communities. We see so much great development that's occurring around Milwaukee Harbor, along the lakefront, and so we're having to flip that. And and so we're, we're cleaning it up environmentally, but also making it much more attractive. Well, and the Milwaukee Harbor, talk a little bit more about why that's important. We now have cruise ships coming into Milwaukee through that harbor. Again, why should listeners care about the impact that this harbor actually contributes to our region. Well, sure. And Milwaukee, you know, is really the, the the leading tourism area in the state of Wisconsin, for one thing. We have more tourist dollars created here than anywhere else in the state, even over the Dells or Door County. Uh, and that's only adding to it. And we're becoming a very attractive place, as you mentioned, for cruise uh, trips on the Great Lakes uh, more this year than before. And I think there's going to be even more in the future. And that, along with also really um, an expansion of our port facilities with the Port of Milwaukee. They're hauling more uh, tonnage of materials through in and out of Port of Milwaukee. Uh, one of the things that just happened recently was the, the construction of an agricultural export facility uh, owned by a company called DeLong, but they do a lot in the agriculture area across Wisconsin. And that's going to uh, greatly enhance the capacity of our port for moving grain and grain products in and out of our port all the way you know, around the world. So it really puts us back in that role of Milwaukee really feeding the world. What I love about discussing with you, especially from a development and commercial real estate standpoint, is that you, you talk about this harbor as being kind of the hub, but then all of the infrastructure that is connected to it from the standpoint of roads and highways and making sure that we continue to keep our investment in those uh, kind of feeders. It's all just so interconnected. Jeff Stone uh, with Kapoor. When we come back, I want to talk about the Waukesha water diversion, how that's going, why it's important to our region, and also PFAS. More when we return. It's 2.15 on WTMJ. Welcome back on WTMJ. Tracy Johnson in for Jeff Wagner, and I am in studio with Jeff Stone. He is the Vice President of Infrastructure with Kapoor. We've been working together for 20 years now, so this is great to have you uh, with us. One of the things that you work on and care passionately about in your role 
working on infrastructure is water. And we have the recent switchover to the Waukesha water diversion. So many in the listening area are now receiving water from Milwaukee when they live in Waukesha. This is a departure from what they had in the past. Talk about how that's going and what's the impact uh, in the in the region. So Waukesha had some underlying problems with uh, radon or radium in their water supply. So they had to find a solution to that. And one of the options that was available to them was to apply for a diversion from Lake Michigan to get water over to Waukesha. Um, it was kind of a challenge because we had created a compact for water between all the Great Lakes states and the Canadian provinces to really protect the water in the Great Lakes. I think we're, we all see and understand the value that we have because of being on these Great Lakes. And, and nobody wanted uh, the Southwest to be able to stick a straw into Lake Michigan and ship that water far away. So uh, the way the compact works, it says if you uh, take water out of Lake Michigan, it's going to be returned there. And if you're outside of the watershed of the Great Lakes or Lake Michigan, uh, you have to um, apply for a diversion, and it has to be approved by all the members of the Great Lakes Compact. That was accomplished for Waukesha. It's been a long process. Uh, I was uh, the Division Administrator for Water at the PSC dating back to 2013, and this was just, uh, that was, it was, had been going for a while when I got there, and uh, it was finally approved and then constructed, and they threw the switch recently. So it's a great thing for Waukesha to be able to, to tap into that resource and be a position where they can return that water to Lake Michigan. It's going to be good for their economy. It's going to be good for our region. And it was um, it was good for us, I think, to kind of set the, the marker for how you do a good diversion from Lake Michigan while protecting the Great Lakes yeah, at that the same was, time. That was certainly a collaborative effort. I know just my time working with the commercial realtors, this had been on the table for, for a very long time. So over the last 10 years, we didn't think this was going to happen. There were times when this was dead. We needed Michigan to sign on or we needed Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, there were a lot of uh, challenges and it it wasn't a done deal. But now we're seeing that some users are saying, wow, this is not what I expected in terms of pricing or, you know, it's more complicated than I thought. Speak to that. Yeah. The, um, in, in my role at the, when I was at the PSC, one of my roles was to set water rates. Uh, for all the water utilities in the state. And when you have a major construction project like this costing several hundred million dollars, uh, it's obviously going to impact the rates that that community uh, pays for water. So Waukesha is, is going to see an increase in their water cost. It's going to probably, uh, the projections I've seen is over the next couple of years, it's probably going to rise about 50%. Now that may sound like a lot, but you have to put it in the perspective of the value of water that we're starting to see um, there's an expression they, that's used a lot. They say uh, the last century was the century of oil, and this will be the century of water. Water is going to be probably as important or more important to economic development in the future as energy was in the past. And what we're seeing is in some areas, the Colorado River uh, in the southwest is a good example. There's prices set for the states that draw off of that Colorado, Nevada, California, and Arizona and the rates that the that they pay for water uh, up until the last year was twenty dollars per acre feet foot. Excuse me. Now it's gone to over five hundred dollars per acre foot in just one year, because we need to have that value of water so that people take care of it, and we don't deplete a 
deplete a resource. And we're already we've seen that with mm-hmm. the lakes in the Colorado uh, area that, you know, they're falling because the water is being consumed at, at a very rapid pace. Well, that certainly impacts economic development. And I think sometimes in our region, we take the fact that water is so plentiful for granted. I really, really think that we do. And in, in our region, in Wisconsin, we've created the, a water council to really drive home the point and, and shine a, a light on the fact that we are actually a hub and a home of so many great water resources and use that to attract companies who really value that for their business. Yeah, we're one of the most dense, high concentrations of water-related businesses in the country, if not the world. So we've got those great uh, companies like Badger Meter, A.O. Smith, you know, uh, Pentair. Uh, there's a number of major corporations that were here. We've got new ones that have come in like Zern uh, that are a part of uh, our water uh, industry hub. And what what that means, it puts us in a great position. We have abundant water, um, and we got a great resource, but we also know how to handle it. We know how to take care of it. We have a lot of wet industries in the past, brewing, food processing. All of those industries were really built around water. And so we have a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of good research going on. The Water Council, Dean Amhouse, has done a great job over the last probably 15-plus years building uh, Milwaukee into an international center. And I see that continuing, and we're going to probably be looking at challenges in the area of water that are going to be valuable, not just to this region, but around the world. And that's going to enhance Milwaukee as a place for doing business, particularly if you're in the world of water. Jeff Stone, Vice President of Infrastructure with Kapoor. When we come back, I want to ask you about PFAS. This is an acronym that many people don't understand, why it's important for us to understand it and what's happening there. And also, what changes do you see for economic development as it relates to water? More when we come back. It's 224 on WTMJ. Welcome back on WTMJ. Tracy Johnson in for Jeff Wagner in studio. We are joined by Jeff Stone, Vice President of Infrastructure with Kapoor, and we are talking all things water, Waukesha Water Diversion, MMSD, Economic Development, all of that fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, PFAS. This is an issue that you work with in your job at Kapoor and even your time in the legislature. This is not a new issue. What is PFAS? But I think it's really emerging. PFAS are... Easier to identify as forever chemicals. These are the things that you see that are used in, uh, probably the best example is like firefighting foam. It's something that uh, is used uh, to make things wetter or slicker. And what they've found is that these chemicals, uh, once they're created, you know, with as the name implies, they just don't break down. They're around forever. So PFAS, what does that stand for? Um, I don't know. Oh, a technical (laughs) term. We all just know it as PFAS. It's just the forever chemicals. I hang around with scientists, but I'm not one. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) So why does this matter? And what are the types of proposals that are being presented to do away with them or deal with them? Because this could be major concern to water, which is, as we suggested, one of the major draws for our region. So people have become aware of this, like you say, but there's really a lot of uh, the kind of the regulatory process that's still underway, looking at what uh, what's a level of PFAS is going to be allowable in water. The federal government has a standard uh, of about four parts per trillion, which is you know 
just a tiny amount. It's like a drip, drop of mm -hmm. water in an Olympic swimming pool. It's it's next to nothing. Um, but that's a very so it's a very high standard compared to most other chemicals that are uh, tested for and controlled in drinking water. And, and that's still a matter of you know scientific study and debate about what are the impacts of that. At the state level, we have recommendations, but there's no set standards yet because the EPA at the federal level hasn't adopted a standard. So a lot of that's going to become more clear here soon, and there will need to be action by the states individually as the EPA moves forward on this issue. So it's it's in transition, but it's going to cause uh, water utilities and other uh, systems that, that deal with water and wastewater to figure out how to treat for that. And it's going to be an ongoing issue. It's one of those areas that groups like the Water Council and the researchers that we have at UWM and um, at uh, UW System and other companies in the area are going to be dealing with. What are solutions, practical solutions for dealing with those chemicals? Well, because those chemicals contribute to the the larger value of, of water in our region. And speaking of that, that larger value... You know, when we talk about the reasons that companies locate or relocate or expand in our region, one of the factors outside of the, the natural resources are the incentives. In your role working with Kapoor, working in commercial real estate, how are you looking at the evolving need and what you think should happen in terms of incentives? So I do, I do a lot of work in economic development as well. And in the past, you know, I was in the legislature when we created the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. And a lot of what we did there, a lot of the programs we have through our Department of Transportation are uh, focused on job creation. That's how you get uh, incentives for public-private partnerships uh, in our state is to create jobs. The reality is we have more jobs than people right now. Yeah. And that's the long-term challenge that we're confronting. About 30 years ago or more, uh, Japan had a very similar situation where they, they didn't have enough population. And we're entering that phase. And Wisconsin is really seeing a brunt of that. You might have read recently that the average uh, home uh, population is a little over two in Wisconsin, and nationwide it's over two and a half. So we're seeing that our, our family sizes are contracting, our population hasn't grown as fast. And so we need our workers to be efficient, which means our companies need incentives for investing in efficiency and in, uh, in, in building good infrastructure that helps our workers be that much more productive. That's how we're going to compete. And I think that's a challenge for the state of Wisconsin is how do we rebuild our incentives to reward companies that are creating efficiencies for our workers to be more productive. Do you see any sort of desire to, to do that? I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that when we were kind of discussing the show that we put so much emphasis on job creation. But last time I checked, there are help wanted signs everywhere. Is there also an opportunity to match people up with the, the, the right jobs? Yeah, we've got, we've got to focus more on uh, job training for the jobs that we need. Uh, we see it a lot in the trades. You know, we need electricians, plumbers, you know, people with those skilled trades. And we also need uh, technical workers, people that can uh, not just uh, work a con uh, on a construction line, but maybe know how to fix robots that do that, that work on a production line. Those are the skills that are going to be needed, and we need to be uh, having incentives and creating the right types of employees for the jobs that are available. So we've got to shift in that thinking. And 
like many things, government sometimes is a little bit behind the curve on this. And so it's an opportunity that I think we can we can work on and it can position Wisconsin going forward. So in your space, you obviously talk with companies, talk with developers and investors that might be looking at coming to Wisconsin. Do you feel good about what we have to offer? And do you think that that Wisconsin continues to be a, a destination for site selectors? Sure. Uh, I, a great example is obviously we did a lot of work on Wisconsin Valley. Things haven't developed maybe in the way we anticipated but we have one of the best areas in the country. If you want to build a manufacturing facility, and we're, there's a lot of uh, reshoring of manufacturing that's going to happen in the future, we've got water, uh, a great supply of water. We've got a great su- energy supply. We've got the best roads and infrastructure. If you're a company and you want to build a manufacturing facility, we've got the right spot here. And so I think that's going to lead to associated development for our state. Thank you so much. Jeff Stone, Vice President of Infrastructure with Kapoor. Thanks for listening. When we come back, do you leave a review if you're disappointed with your experience? We'll discuss when we return. It's 234 on WTMJ.